All right. I want to welcome everybody to Life Unedited Working Women. And my special guest today is Erica Dish. And she is the partner at Sourland Mountain Spirits with her husband, Ray. And she's also the brand ambassador and she supervises the in-store tasting and she's involved in the events, both that are in-house and off-premises, which hopefully there'll be more of those soon. Um, And she was previously the co-founder of Triumph Brewing Company in Princeton, and it was one of the first brew pubs in New Jersey. She also has a background in education. She's raised two entrepreneurial sons. And on top of that, she's bilingual. Welcome, Erica. Thank you. That was such a nice introduction. I really appreciate that. So great to be here. Well-deserved. You have done um, amazing. I I just, I'm in awe of all that you've done. So I think, you know, some of the things that I want to ask you about are, so you're a partner at Sourland Mountain Spirits with your husband, and it was his vision. He came home and he said, honey, I think we should start a distillery. And you said, sure thing. How did that go? Well, it wasn't that smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Initially, and, and it was interesting because um, he came home one day when he was working at Merck and said, hey, honey, I heard a story on NPR about a husband and wife team opening a brew pub um, in the Midwest. And he said, I think we can do this and we should do this. So that was the first time. Then the second time with uh, Sourland Mountain Spirits, he came home and he said, you know, I really think um, I know that I've never been happier than when I was making booze. And I feel strongly that the craft spirits is where uh, in its growth industry is where uh, the beer business was when we got into it. And I think that now is the time for me to go back into making alcohol. At the time, I was a Spanish teacher and I said, all right, here we go again. So um because he's a pretty as for those of you who know him he's a pretty compelling person Mm -hmm. he's incredibly in person he's very friendly he is um gregarious and just he's a charismatic person that he Um, is so all right so you, you talked a little bit about uh teaching and and you do do the tours at the distillery which is you know educating people about some of it exactly where did this love of education come from? How did you get involved in it? What drew you to that? Um, and I'm glad you asked me this question before the interview because it did give me some time to reflect on it. <laughs> um, it was actually the educators. Uh, I had two in particular who influenced me tremendously and created um, a love of learning in me that I wanted to pursue. They were both language teachers. One was a Mademoiselle Yucker. Uh, my French teacher in high school, and the other was a Senor Lopez, obviously my Spanish teacher in high school. Mm-hmm. And they were just, they were visionary educators, and they loved what they did. They had a passion for what they taught, and they were able to create wonderful relationships with their students. That is, I, I love when people have teachers that inspire them, because then it inspires other people to be teachers, and we need some really good teachers. Um, and so you chose Spanish over French, huh? I did. Um, as a child, I spent a lot of time in Mexico because my grandparents lived there, my paternal grandparents. Oh, okay. And my father actually lived there until he was 15 and came to the United States for uh, his education. 
So it was the more natural of the two, but I also just languages were something that luckily came easily to me. That's great. Oh, and now with all these wonderful apps, you can learn so easily depending on your learning style. I know it's true. Like Duolingo, I, I think is so fun. When we went to Italy and I, we took our girls when they were little and I told the girls, you have to learn some Italian before we go. Right. And they were, and they were very excited to go up and order duo, due cappuccino, due coronettes. So they were very At least excited. it wasn't due vino or due <laughs> cerveza or something. <laughs> that might've been actually a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> go up and get mommy some wine. Yeah. <laughs> So you talked a little bit about triumph. And mm-hmm. so so he came home with that vision, <laughs> the first vision. Um, what was your role at triumph? Like, what did you, what part did you play in it? So um, we had a third partner, Adam Rechnitz, who is now uh, owns triumph in its entirety. Um, and my, so we each had separate responsibilities. His was really the, uh, the brewing raise was organizational and mine was sales and marketing. Although Adam had a large input um, on the marketing, but I was primarily sales and we had a, um, an event space. So mm-hmm. my job was to go out into the community and fill it. Wow. Um, in addition to that, uh, when we first started out, I would close very often on the weekends and at times during the week. Um, so Ray would leave and then I would go in and stay until late and then, you know, count the money and close out. Wow. And that, those were some late nights too, because those were some late nights. And before that, because when we first started triumph, um, and I'll only speak for Ray and myself, we had no, uh, money. So we had to find investors at at the time. The whole concept was illegal since prohibition. So we had to change the law. And we also had no restaurant experience. So I took it upon myself, you know, and I had two young kids who were about uh, six and nine to work at the Lambertville station. And I started out as a busser and then went into a dishwasher and then finally and an expediter and finally graduated to being a waitress Uh, just because I thought someone should have some direct experience (laughs) In the restaurant business. <laughs> and you knew you needed some education. And you I did. Yes. Because there is no way to get education on restaurants unless you work in one. That is really very is. true. It, because I think it's a different lifestyle. Um, I have a daughter who was a waitress and she said it was the best experience for her because it taught her about life. It taught her about people. It taught her about interacting with others. So and, true. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's a great education. So you came in with all the experience. That- oh, no, 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 no. I mean, Adam had brewing experience. Oh, great. Ray had HR experience. Right. But Ray and I did not have, as I said, um, yeah. other than my experience in the restaurant business. But he had significant HR experience, which is essential because we had so many employees. Yes. And hiring the right person is key. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It, it makes or breaks um, a business. It really does. It does. Your business is your people. Yeah. And I just, uh, Mission Barbecue just opened locally and I was able to talk with the owner. It, there's, I think there's two owners and they own all 110 stores. Where are they located? They have one in Hamilton, but their okay. original one is in Baltimore. Huh. 
Interesting. And they said that they hire based on personality. Oh, yeah. This and is I- also true when we hire brand ambassadors. Yes. You know, I, I love getting athletes, people who are, you know, competitive mm-hmm. and also super good with people and team players. Um, and then also, you know, I'm 62, so I really appreciate a, a mature perspective. Uh, so if we can find those people in the workplace, we love those people um, because they bring a certain experience level and an understanding that younger people don't necessarily have. It's true. It's true. I even find, and you need to have a balance of Mm -hmm. people who, who have wisdom and people who are still a little bit green because they, they definitely look at things a little differently, but I love that. Um, so you've raised two kids that are entrepreneurs and I, I just, I'm, I'm slightly envious. I I have six kids and only four of them have graduated from college, but I'm like, come on, somebody be an entrepreneur and you have two. So how did that conversation go when they came to you and said, mom, we're going to start a business? Well, like their father, they're extremely confident. Um, and it was really, uh, my older son, Cody's vision he created. And then our younger son, Sage, joined him in the business mm-hmm. and they worked together. Um, you know, it's a really hard life. It's not for everyone. Thank God they were both single. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely, you know, it puts your family at risk. It puts relationships at risk. Um, I don't think people realize that. I th- Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that people think, you know, they might look at you and say like, two successful businesses under her belt, like it's great but they don't realize how often you don't sleep and how often you you're telling people kids family in a minute in a minute i, I got to finish this i got to do this right so and you know your weekends are not your own depending on the type of business you're in but i also need to mention that our youngest sage is one of our partners also so he's come on board uh from the sock business so that's oh, wonderful it. family business i love it and interestingly enough i now report to him because Ray and I reporting to each other, me reporting to Ray, not a good mix. (laughs) So we, because my company takes care of uh, the bookkeeping and and financial side for small businesses, we encounter a lot of husband and wife teams. Mm. And how's that going with them? (laughs) Well, it's very interesting. It's part counselor, part (laughs) doing that. Um, My husband owns his own business and I'm partners in that business. And I do not do the bookkeeping there actually someone on my team does it so that we don't have to have that conversation because husband yes. and wife teams are tough. It's And it's really, it's what's, I find the most difficult thing is um, keeping work at work mm-hmm. and keeping home life, home work separate. Uh, because as I think as a lot of women, and maybe you can um, affirm this or not, we're always thinking our minds are multitasking and we're thinking about work. We're thinking about kids. We're thinking about everything at the same time. So my natural reaction is just to talk about anything unfiltered at any time. And I've really tried and I'm still working on developing this and improving on this to keep work discussions at work Mm -hmm. and home discussions home so that you have that differentiation. I, I have to agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I'm always thinking. And so we might be at a lacrosse game and I, I think, oh, honey, 
we got to talk about generators because he owns electrical contracting. Business. I was going to ask what he does. Okay. <laughs> so I I'm might ready. be thinking like, oh, you know, I was just thinking about this or yeah, no, it's, it's, it's tough. And I agree. You do have to try to separate it because men don't think along those lines. They really, they yeah. can easily, I, I think they have a much better, a much better way to separate work and business. I do. I, do I, too. I think, which which actually brings me to my next subject. We're going to talk about Galentine's Day, talking about our gal pals. Um, I I came across an article in Forbes and I'm actually going to put it in the chat so everybody else can see it. But it talks about um, spending time with your woman friends and how important it is for us to do that. And sometimes we think of spending time with our girlfriends as a nice pastime, a getaway from work and you know, from work and family routines and pressures, but we need to recognize that along with the fun and loving support, hanging with our girlfriends is important to reduce stress and promote positivity and mental health. There, there was a study at UCLA and they're thinking that because of the way we respond to stress by getting with our friends, talking about things that it provides us with longevity. And, and more so than our counterparts where men tend to just fight or flight, they don't actually end up dealing with it the same way as we do. So Erica, you obviously have had stress in your life at some point. What do you do to hang out with your gal pals? I make it a regular thing. And as a matter of fact, um, Jane, if you're still here, uh, <laughs> Jane and I belong to a networking group. She's been far uh, I'm sure she attends far more religiously than I do. I just don't do Zoom anymore <laughs> if I can avoid it. Um, but networking and just spending time with your girlfriends is so important. I mean, I consider that a leg in my mental health. You know, I have to be able to download, to complain, to vent in a safe space um, and to get other perspectives because everyone has a different perspective from their own relationships or from their own families. And I just, I find that invaluable. So even though it sometimes, as you had mentioned, it's hard to make sure that you do it uh, because it's easier to do a gazillion other things. I, I really think it is critical to our mental health, or at least I'll speak for myself, for my mental health, to spend time with my girlfriends. And I do that by walking with them, by having drinks with them, by, you know, going out to events with them, whatever. Yes. Jane, Princeton Women in Business, PWIB. That mm-hmm. is a great group because great group. They, y- you can find so many. And I think it's nice when you do have a bunch of girlfriends who have similar situations. They're business owners. They get you. They know mm-hmm. what you're going through. They know what you're grappling with. Um, Lisa Snyder also said, um, we have a, a women's business book club. And she said, is that, is that hanging out with gal pals? Absolutely. You bet yeah. it is. And I have a, I have a book group that I belong to that we've been together for, I think in excess of like 23 years. Wow. And, uh, that's another thing. So, yeah. And, and I think that longevity, I think women do tend to have lifelong friendships. Mm-hmm. I do too. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's, I mean, I have friends, I, I grew up in Massachusetts and I have mm-hmm. friends from there still. I have friends from here in New Jersey. Um, so I think it, it's important. And I, I was telling Erica early, it's like, I thank my girlfriends whenever they invite me. Cause I feel like I kind of do ignore them. I, I have kids, I have a husband, I have a business. It's like, I could just say, 
I don't have time for that. I got so many other things to do, but, and they still keep inviting me and I do make myself go so that I can talk to them. And every time I go, I love it. And that's the thing, you know, it may be difficult to get there, but once you're there, you're so happy you're there. And you're like, why did I even make this a big deal? I'm just so happy to be here and to see everybody. (laughs) It's true. And, and, um, I, I have a girlfriend who provides a ritual every time we get together. Oh, that's um, wow. Tell me more about that. So she's fantastic. Um, this past time she had us write intentions on a piece of rice paper. And so we wrote these intentions and then we burned them all together. And just Love so we that. put that out in the universe. Um you know, other times we've lit candles. She's gotten us candles and we have intentions of what we want to do and what we want to bring because in life we, as women, we share, I think we go through a lot of struggles. We, we carry a lot of things heavy in our heart, whether it's our husbands or our kids or even Mm -hmm. work. Sometimes we carry in our heart and it's a way I've always found it great to talk with them and and it feels lighter. You know, it definitely does. They help lighten the load for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. And I think rituals are important to do too, even if it's, and I have another group of girlfriends that I go out with and we end up just talking and laughing and that's our ritual. And if we're not laughing, we make sure that we are, we find. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Love that. um, Is there, um, so now did you do anything for Galentine's day? I did not, but um, a good close friend invited me to go into New York, uh, to spend, um, the night next week. So that will be my Galentine celebration. All right. But no, yeah, I know. I, I think it was created, you know, after, after we were in our twenties, just saying, actually I'm wrong. I might've act on the day of, or the day after I did get together with a bunch of women. Um, and we had drinks together. Oh, okay. So you did go and celebrate. Yes. So we did celebrate <laughs> each other. Yes. That's awesome. Um, yes. And I, I think uh, the, uh, the, the younger generation of women have really started to embrace their gal pals. And I, I think that's really how Galentine's day came about because they realized the value. And it's funny mm-hmm. because I don't think that it was promoted to us as much. It Definitely was more, not. it was more about, you know, family and and I think that I think we've realized, especially through the pandemic, it was great to call a girlfriend while you were trapped at home with your family. Absolutely, <laughs> you bet, <laughs> for sure. And talk about them. Well, I have enjoyed talking with you, Erica. So likewise, much. thank I, you so very much. I'm so thrilled. Now, do you have any events coming up for Sourland that you want to do shout-outs for? Um, Certainly. We're doing, um, for the Montgomery Business Association, we're doing an event on premise and that's on their website. Uh, we're also, I'm doing an event at the Princeton Senior Resource Center, a hybrid tasting in person and virtual. Nice. And uh, we just did a bourbon tasting pre-Valentine's Day for oh. our uh, individuals and couples. And then we've got, um, I think we might be doing an upcoming um, cocktails and cigars. I'm not sure. But if people would go to our website, we always, or follow us actually on Instagram or Facebook, okay. uh, which is at Sourland Mountain Spirits. We always list uh, both our new releases as far as our spirits. 
and our events. And our most exciting thing to announce is that uh, in the spring, we're going to be introducing a lavender gin. <gasps> and we have worked with a local um, lavender farm in Skillman, and they've given us the lavender. <sighs> and that's going to be pretty out of the park. Oh, I love it. Um, I put in the chat, I put in the, uh, your website and, um, thank you. And I also put in the Instagram handle and I also put the article in if anybody's interested about um, women and, and how we live longer because we hang with our girlfriends. (laughs) Wonderful. All right. Doing the good work. Thank you so much. <laughs> it was great talking with you. And thank you so much for coming. Life Unedited no, Working it. Women. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Life Unedited Working Women, a production of Smart Boss Media. We'd love to hear from you. And we'd like even more to help your business grow. If you have any questions or want to contact any of the folks on this podcast, you can just email us at info at smartboss. Also at smartboss.media, you'll find any resources and links that go along with this podcast. And you can find links to other podcasts and resources for entrepreneurs and learn how Smart Boss Media can help you get your business podcast launched and listened to, like this one is. It's your one stop for information to help you listen, create, and thrive as an entrepreneur. Visit smartboss.media.